Onika Tanya Mirage. The first woman in history. So that means ever on planet Earth to earn 50 top 10 hits on Billboard Hot Rap Songs chart. Also, all three versions of Pink Friday 2 is currently charting in the top 10 on U.S. Amazon's Best Sellers Albums chart. Not only is she dominating the secular space, but switching gears over into the gospel arena, Nicki Minaj Blessings off of Pink Friday 2 debuted at number one on the Hot Gospel Songs chart. And the feature on that specific track, who goes by Tasha Combs, also extended her record as the female soloist with the most number ones in chart history. Now, calling myself Analytic Dreams, of course, we have to analyze the numbers and you don't need me to tell you. These are some dreamlike accomplishments and analytics. Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday 2, has to be one of the best hip-hop albums I've ever listened to. Now, if you heard my album reviews in the past, they go in a certain direction of me saying, this is good for this year. This is probably some of the best work I've heard in the past two to three months, but with this specific album, I titled the entire episode 132, greatest album of all time, question mark. Because obviously, spoiler alert, I don't think it's the greatest album of all time. But I think it's such a great album to put that question and have some type of credence along with it. As of course, it's there for shock value, but it's also there to emphasize the fact that Pink Friday 2, I think, is one of my favorite albums that I've listened to in a long time. And not only is one of my favorite albums, I think it's Nicki Minaj's best album that she's ever put out. Because going through the charts is one thing. Going through your discography is a whole nother. As I don't know if y'all know, but Super Freaky Girl and Red Ruby the Sleaze is one of the best performing tracks of all time for Nicki Minaj. I mean, Super Freaky Girl is her most successful track of all time when you're talking about length and time regards to gaining and earning a number one. So titling this Pink Friday 2, Nicki already knew what she was doing when it came to putting out a great body of work. So that being said, obviously... This marks her third number one album, which she she should have more, but we're not going to get into that. Let's just say Travis Scott was selling t-shirts, wasn't selling music, but that's besides the point. Third number one album, making her the female rapper with the most number one albums and Billboard history. If you don't know, Nicki Minaj with Super Freaky Girl was the first woman rapper since Lauryn Hill to have a solo number one hit in the rap category. Well, not rap, but basically the first rap woman artist to have a number one since Lauryn Hill. Like out of all the genres in the world, the only one to put their track at number one being a woman rapper alone has been Lauryn Hill and Nicki Minaj. So that being said, you can already know where or you could already assume where Pink Friday 2 was going, right? So the album, throughout its, throughout its first week, sold 228,000 equivalent album units in the first week, including 25,000 vinyl copies and had 169.87 million streams. I know, hey, Analytic Dreams, they don't call me that for no reason. I'm actually looking at these numbers and trying to dissect them because, uh, you know, they're changing. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, Pink Friday 2 
had the biggest sales week for a woman rapper in the 2020s and largest for an R&B slash hip hop album by a woman this year. So of course, I'm throwing all those numbers at you to let you know what type of album we're about to get into. Because on the later, on the other half of this, the later half of this review, I'm going to give my straight personal music review of the album, of course. But right now, we're getting into analytics and some of the controversy that came along with the rollout. Pink Friday 2, of course, in its totality, had 22 tracks and had a lot of different samples from the likes of a Billie Eilish when the party's over to a junior seniors move your feet. So with that said, the world tour was, of course, going to be announced after those type of uh, numbers was achieved as now. You really don't make money from people streaming your music. You make money from going to certain venues and having people put butts in seats, getting babysitters, getting dog sitters just to come and buy a hotel ticket, maybe even a plane ticket to attend live at your performance. That's usually where artists make most of the money from. And also merch is additionally something that generates way more revenue for them compared to just putting out music. <clears throat> so with that being said, getting back into Nicki Minaj, one of the things for her live stream we're not live stream. One of the things for her rollout, I got a little ahead of myself, is and was the live stream with the one and only Kai Sinet. If you don't know about Kai Sinet, probably one of the more creative content creators I've ever seen in life. So when Nicki Minaj appearing on Kai Sinet's Twitch live stream made all the sense in the world, because not only was she helping out a, a fellow content creator in Kai Sinet, but also his mom was there, his sister was there very heartwarming type moment <clears throat> and <clears throat> that wasn't the only thing that happened as a lot of people praised it but <laughs> of course the only thing that went viral was this tweet right here let me see if i can find it right quick so analytic dreams video on my spotify platform to see the video along with the audio with that being said let's get back into it so Elliot Wilson jumped out the blue, jumped out for no reason. You know, Nicki Minaj is just trying to have a fantastic rollout for Pink Friday 2, jumping on Kai Sinet's stream, doing a video with Funny Marco, showing up wherever she can, have an impact on as far as album sales. And obviously she did with the numbers she just put up, as I previously mentioned. Now, you have Elliot Wilson, an iconic legendary cover of hip-hop jumping out the cut to say hip-hop journalism with a picture of Kai Sinat and Nicki Minaj and since then the post has been deleted I was wondering why in the world can I not find this tweet because I like I knew it happened but I looked it up I couldn't find it nowhere I had to get off of another account because he obviously you see at the bottom he deleted it well I don't know if you can see hold on yeah now you can see at the bottom he deleted it so anyways um Besides that fact, if you wanted to be funny and petty, Elliot Wilson could have literally doubled down on it by saying that he basically just said this is hip-hop journalism and he should have added more context. But, of course, he exposed himself as being a hater because technically, this isn't hate. Hip-hop journalism, you could be giving credit and kudos to Kai Sinat, basically letting him know that the way you're going about promoting this artist is the new hip-hop journalism because you're learning you're technically learning how that particular artist works in certain type of environments if that makes sense so Nicki Minaj came off came off as authentic as you could be in the whole entire live stream of Kai Sinet. I would definitely suggest you watch Kai Sinet having Nicki on his stream because that's one of the biggest moments forget of his career of hip-hop not to be dramatic but these sit down let me edit the video after i give you this interview because i want to cut off the parts that don't make me look good 
And now, the uh, perfect example, NBA young boy and million, million dollars worth of game. They went up to Grave Digger Mountain <laughs> to interview NBA young boy. And everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mysteriously, that interview has not surfaced on the internet. I wonder why. I'm telling you, these artists do interviews, promise content to certain content creators, have them waste their time and money getting to your location, interviewing you just for you to be like, oh, my team has to go over the video because we don't want so-and-so to go out, right? So now the video never gets released simply because you wanted control over what was put out to the public. So that is why I'm saying this is not only a moment in time, this is a moment in history for hip hop because this is, in my recollection this is my first time seeing a artist of Nicki Minaj's caliber not no disrespect to a Yachty or Offset for a person of Nicki Minaj's caliber going into a situation where it's taped live nothing's going to be cut out because obviously it's live and anything can happen now she already knew that Kaisen's mom and sister was going to come out but as far as his best friend, uh, Your Rage, and I don't know the other two guys that came, I don't know if she knew all about that. I think the only thing that she knew was that Kai Sinat's mom and sister was going to be there because she had gifts for them. And even that was a special moment. As you can see right here, even though right here you can see Elliot Wilson saying hip-hop journalism, basically after you... you we're going to cover him basically admitting that he was hating because honestly, this type of tweet is not too condemning in itself. It's just like literally saying, like, oh, hip hop journalism, like, you know, the new age, it could, it could be taken so many ways. People just took that and basically made him expose himself on whether he was hating or not, because I feel like it could have went either way. So anyways, um, here's the moment where Kaisenat and Nikki are basically, uh, well, Nikki's basically seeing um Kaisen that's mom's sister. I wonder where oh it's right here. So basically he uh she tells her she tells Kaisen to go get them right here, I think. So me and my me and my I'm about to go get them and I'm gonna get a Yeah, right here. So she already knew they was coming before she even came. I'm glad that they here and I'm glad I'm able to even do this do this because this is fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm about to go get them and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get rage. So I'm gonna get them first. So in the meantime, if you want, you can talk to the chat. I'm gonna ch talk to the yeah, chat. Yeah, you can talk All to right. the chat. And you see how she's like authentically in a situation to where it's live, can't cut out anything. And you see Nikki, and she really looks like she does like in a music video. So at this point, it's like it's coming across in such a great way that. I don't even know if she thought it was going to turn out this good. Like, the lighting and everything. Let me just say, Kaisenet definitely got dubbed for that one. But let's get to the sentimental moment, of course, when he brought his uh, sister and mom. Hi, Ma. Kai, okay, you coming? In this moment right here, I think is why everybody went so hard on Elliot, because he was basically hating on this. This is my twin sister, Kaya. No, Kaya, no. She was crying and everything. Look, Kai, you know, it's very sentimental moment. All right, we ain't going to play it for too long, but y'all get the gist of it, right? And so for Elliot to come out, because that moment where they was dancing came out, like, later into the stream, as you see right here. Hold on, that may have been kind of loud. My fault for y'all. Y'all uh, eardrums out there. So look. In this in this environment, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. But Nikki embraced it, and even though I don't think she knew I do the dance, I mean, she tried her best. Look, she tried her best. <laughs> she tried her best. So, anyways, um, that wasn't a moment where he was hating on, but there was another moment 
where I thought was hilarious. So apparently Nikki took it upon herself to put this picture up and y'all just let me know what's going on right here, right? For my people who don't, who are on the analytic dreams video, make sure to go to analytic dreams video on Spotify to see the video along with the audio, but y'all let me know what's happening right now. And what this scenario is, uh, saying to you, y'all let me know what you think is happening because Nikki obviously knew what was happening. She posted on her IG as a funny moment. And, um, as you can tell, the lighting's on point and, um, yeah, y'all let me know what y'all think is, uh, happening right here. So, so anyways, so that was a funny moment, right? Elliot comes out hating. And of course, let me tell you the barbs and Nikki did not spare him in the slightest. Nikki came out, basically had a Drake to Joe Budden moment as she said, Elliot, if you spit Jay-Z expedive out, of, out for one second, you'd be able to be happy for the newcomers. Isn't that how y'all tried to tarnish my image by saying I'm not welcoming new expedives in? There's songs with all of them, though. Why are you not happy for a young black man like Kai? Tomorrow, expedive. Now, of course, that's not where it stopped, right? Because the barbs jumped in as I knew they would. Basically saying, well, doing barb activity as they went in, I kid you not, they went into Elliot Wilson's Wikipedia page. I mean, obviously you could change anybody's Wikipedia page, but for the barbs to go in and do what they did to it, y'all got to look at this, right? They went into his Wikipedia page and look at this. Elliot Wilson, known for conducting Crown interviews for title, found himself in a web of controversy due to his association with Onika Tanya Mirage, better known as Nicki Minaj. As a curator of interviews for title, Wilson's employment under the hip-hop queen drew attention when he constantly engaged in subtweets and liked disparaging tweets aimed at Minaj. Boy, were they quick with the Twitter, well, the edit fingers on Wikipedia. The barbs are something else. And it Continues on saying the fateful turn of events occurred on the night of December 14th, following a successful jingle ball concert headlined by Minaj. In an unexpected twist, Nicki Minaj decided to address Wilson's actions during her live, sh her Instagram live session, publicly confronting his attitude. The confrontation evidently shattered Wilson's ego, ultimately leading to his tragic demise. Sound like some Stan Lee writing on a, a villain origin story. Like this is like his villain arc right here. Barbs is something else. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that's actually insane. So all that controversy with Nicki Minaj responding with the bars responding, as you can see, changing his Wikipedia page, criticizing him about, you know, hating on a black man one, but also just how sentimental that moment was between Kai's mom and sister with Nikki, like that whole scenario of him just calling it um, basically, you know, hating. But um, he came out again, of course, you know, had to backtrack as he didn't want the barbs on him. He couldn't take it no more. As this man said, I apologize to Kai Sinat plus his fam. I was out of line and let my competitive nature get the best of me. Kai carved his own lane in the game built a great platform and deserves respect salute to the streamers and young creatives getting to the paper and pushing our culture forward and then of course b dot said too many apologies in 2023 i love how elliot basically exposed himself for hating because i'm gonna keep reiterating the fact that i think his tweet was not hate it could be taken as hate but also it could be literally him admitting that Kai is the next new wave of hip-hop journalism. So him taking this route exposes himself as being a hater. <laughs> so basically, he meant it in the latter to be derogatory. So I'm glad he got outed like that because you should never, even though Elliot is an icon in itself, his interview, almost every legendary hip-hop artist, maybe every, like, honestly, I don't think people really realize Elliot's weight in this hip-hop game as far as... uh. What he, or just his his accolades? I don't think people think I don't think people re recognize his accolades in this hip hop industry. So Elliot Wilson is one of the best, if not the best, like hip hop cover ever. So that being said, 
um he was definitely hating there so anyways Nicki Minaj took to DJ Envy so I'm kind of doing a rendition of how I covered the Drake album kind of getting into the rollout sales and controversy and then I'm gonna get to my personal review right so Nicki Minaj went at DJ Envy because I don't know why she, she I actually don't know why she went at DJ Envy honestly that that uh, that really eludes me like I don't really let me see why what she was responding to is why can't we just be fans or, you know, it's not even fair treatment yeah I don't know why I think she's saying like DJ Envy's blackballing her or something like that and God will show y'all why you're not good but I had this tweet up simply because Nikki was going at DJ Envy but I honestly don't know why she's going at DJ Envy I, I listened to like the latest review of Pink Friday 2 from the Breakfast Club and DJ Envy was giving it up I think he was even dancing to everybody or something like that like I don't know if he was copping a plea because they basically brought up how Nikki you know was not in she, you know she, she ain't really feeling them like that and so he basically brushed it off and said like he's the biggest nikki fan so at that point like what do you do <laughs> you know what i mean like hey your man said he's the biggest nikki fan start dancing to your music i guess nikki is just uh yelling yelling at this uh, i don't even know what she's yelling at, at this point so nikki and dj envy um on the dj envy side i guess it's squash but on the nikki side it's far from squash so she still has a bone to pick with dj envy i mean Okay, let me honestly. DJ Envy gave a rendition of the track of, of the beef, right? I guess there was some underground DJ, Nikki disrespected, so Envy wasn't gonna play her music because of that. That's basically what he said. I don't have two sides to the story, so it's hard to like cover the whole thing because this came out, and I'm I don't know if that's based off of what DJ Envy said, but now I have to put two and two together because it it's like. It's hard to cover beef when somebody accuses somebody of something, that accuser responds, but then we never get like the response to the response. You know, once we get the response to the response, that's when it's like, oh, it's real beef. So now I really don't know what the beef is. DJ Envy said his stuff. Nicki Minaj obviously is just attacking him. So, <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, Nicki Minaj's reputation in the media definitely uh is is an interesting one. Let's just leave it at that. And um her being on top does not correlate with that with that um reputation she has with the media so with that being said hey let's just get into the review because i don't know if the barbs understand what i just said but hey to be on top and to not be well perceived when it comes to the to uh through the media's eyes because of your attitude towards them and to still be on top is strictly crediting the barbs in my opinion i think nikki probably has top three best fan bases ever in entertainment and i mean like entertainment like i think if nikki went to act i think if she went into a video game i think if she went to go play sports even if she wasn't good at it if they made up a sport and had her the best at it i think her fan base could get her and whatever she attached herself to the top that's why i think nikki minaj is barbs um ended up being on the barbie soundtrack which ended up being one of the biggest movies ever so Nicki minaj was a big part of the soundtrack with her aqua and ice spice and that track that track is still on the charts to this day like honestly with super freaky girl red ruby the sleeves ice princess remix with ice spice the aqua the Barbie track with uh, Ice Spice and Aqua, I think she could have put out an album next year, which is why I think that this album came out later because you kind of want to give some room to breathe if you have one of your best performing tracks of all time, which is why I think this track came, which is why I think this album came out when it did because I think it got postponed. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it got postponed. So that being said, of course, the body of work was delivered to us in the year of 2023 so now let me get into my personal review after re after i reiterate that she is going on a world tour starting in oakland march 2024 covering north america until mid-may before transferring to europe so with that being said the music is now in our possession and that means it's time for another analytic dreams review of course and 
obviously it's not going to be a long one as i've already talked about a lot of tracks on this album but i'm gonna give you my honest review of this album and i kind of don't want to spoil it because i have a top five albums and top 10 tracks and all that good stuff let's just say pink friday 2 is on there let's just say that all right and then i'm not going to say the place and with that let's get into my review so obviously right the album just came out there's a gag city deluxe so i'm strictly going to talk about pink friday 2 which came out under republic records a division of universal music group recordings which universal music group recordings is one of the biggest labels probably the biggest like is the big dog when it comes to labels in the music industry and not probably it is i don't even know why i misspoke universal music group any artist on that label is not to be messed with let's just leave it at that <laughs> so anyways uh this album comes in at an hour an hour and 10 minutes 22 tracks and was given to us december 8th 2023 now let's get into album track one are you gone already really gave me the vibe that nikki was going to give us more of an r&b album boy was i wrong obviously she gave us a lot of different she really diversified the palette of pink friday too when I heard the first track, I felt like we was going in a more soft R&B direction. But obviously that track, you know, I, I like the track, but I was just already uh, summarizing in my head what, what I was going to about the uh, experience. So <clears throat> going from Are You Gone Already, which is a heartfelt, slowed down track, very fire, tremendous start to her album, right? Track number two. Barbie Dangerous shows me or told me that she's going to have a very diverse palette on this album. You go from Are You Gone Already to Barbie Dangerous is a very change, um, very distinct change in the tempo. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. And Barbie Dangerous, straight fire. Um, if I get into the bars, like Nikki's one of those where you really have to get into the bars. So let me let me not be disrespectful and bring up one of the best rappers of all time. Uh, versus as let me just pick a random one uh chanel bags they still swinging old hits they still swinging they love the flow they still streaming like that one was kind of crazy like i think she was really talking about um how long she's been around and things of that nature and then she also goes into but it's kill season you apologize but it's still treason i have a inkling inclination on who's that uh, on who is uh targeted with that bar but we're not gonna we're not gonna reach right now got them streaming got them steaming like dry cleaning i'm glad she gave a better dry cleaning bar than drake because i'm not gonna lie that man said he had his expeditive well no his um promiscuous women hanging and leave them out to dry like they uh dry cleaner something like that I, it wasn't a good bar compared to this one got them steaming like dry cleaning moving on my timing and ain't no demon queen of this rap expedive bohemia and stuff like that you know like nikki's like one of the best when it comes to rapping and she's in my top 10 if you had to know top 10 rappers of all time like nikki's in there so and she's the only woman in there but i mean i don't even know why i said that but just to let y'all know like nikki it's not to be compared to only women like she's better than basically everybody in the game right now <laughs> so anyways um <clears throat> of course had to keep that tempo up from barbie dangerous and that's where we get ftcu now i'm just gonna let you figure out what that stands for as if you really think that Nicki minaj can't put out a club banger in 2023 because her flow is ancient ftcu is one of those where literally those words are applicable to their response she gave out a great club anthem with this track and one that i'm not even gonna lie i don't even know if i thought she had it in her because technically the way that nikki raps over certain beats i didn't think she would go for this type beat it's especially this early into the album which made me realize that this is going to be a different offering from nikki it's straight modern with a mix of pink friday which i think it was going to be more old-timey type beats like boom bap with her rapping type beats but this was more like 
club anthems, you could see this going off in every single establishment. Let's just leave it at that. <clears throat> also, that goes into track number four, Beat Beat, which, which is keeping the tempo of an RPM of this certain type of feeling and vibe that she's going with. She's going with a very hard-hitting, rapping, club, banger type of vibe. Barbie Dangerous and to FTCU and to Beat Beat. All those are high, uh, yeah, high tempo are in RPM and BPM trying to, you know, get you into a certain rhythmic uh, pattern as far as these three tracks. And that is why, well, when I first listened to this album, that was my favorite track, just our first listen, because of course, like, it's just like a, it it jumps out at you. Like, it's a really short track, and there's a reason for that, because later, when I talked about Gag City, she's bringing other people, as far as remixes, onto her tracks, because simply... Simply put, she wanted to have DLC type releases for the album. So now she has Gag City and Beat Beat was a, the first addition to the album as she put 50 Cent as a feature. Because I was wondering, I was like, that track is surprisingly short. Like, that's such a great beat, great flow she was going with. I, if you can't think of another verse, you have to get somebody else. And so I think that's what she did with 50 Cent. And she was tweeting him before she even before he even put out his version of his verse on gag city so i don't know if he was basically not um finishing his verse like i don't know if he didn't finish his verse because nikki was still tweeting him like hey please finish your verse like she ain't tweet him like multiple times but she did it once to make me realize like hey it's kind of close to gag city like what you mean finish your verse like he's like three days out for the first edition of gag city and i was like uh it kind of sounds like it like i'm not gonna say 50 cent had a bad verse but you know, if the original version came on instead of the longer version with 50 Cent, I wouldn't be mad. And I think that's literally because 50 Cent's making TV shows and really doesn't have time to rap. Like, it sounded like it was his first or second take. Like, it didn't sound like he had too many takes with that verse. But the bars was cool. It was just the delivery. It was a little off when it came to a 50 Cent type delivery. Like, listen to a 50 Cent off a Pop Smoke album. That was a 50 Cent type delivery. This one felt like he was just trying to... Um, uh keep his promise with nikki by putting him or turning in his verse and then it just ended up sounding like that like i just feel like he didn't have enough takes but anyways let me stop copying him please let's just say that beep beep is still one of my favorite tracks off of the album track number five bpm rpm everything slows down more of a r&b type track in touch with your feelings type track reflection type track is it's a overall solid and probably one of the more standout r&b tracks on this album getting into track number six let me calm down featuring j cole it's interesting as you never know what jermaine is going to do as far as quality wise and for this year 2023 if it's not an overseas artist and if it's not an overseas artist and if it's not one of his own artists on his label, you can pretty much uh, summarize that it's going to be a fire track or a fire uh, feature. Because every time he hopped on Drake's album, he hopped on Nicki's album, or somebody else. That's on somebody else's album. Oh, no, it was Burner Boy. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about when, yeah, Overseas, that, that track, was, that verse was terrible. So if it's one of his... uh competitors in the space and not an overseas artist or somebody on this label you can probably already tell that it's going to be a fire verse and for j cole i feel like he still has to work on it i don't think he really gets the flack he deserves for giving that verse to j hope and to burner boy and to what was his name um who is that guy off his label i forget his name but anyways um yeah i totally forgot his name but J. Cole, they're talking about him being on a crazy fire feature run, and he's really not. It's really just this track, the Drake track, and there's a reason why it's so publicized. It's because it's Nicki and Drake. Like, come on now. Like, once you do it on your own album, which I have no doubt that he would, but I think that he should stick to trying to find his uh flow before he just hops on a random track. Cause obviously you just hop on a random track and stuff like the J uh, the J hope feature and the burner boy feature happens, which is just 
not good so anyways that track was um i say all that to say that's literally a classic like when i first heard that i was like dang this is a classic classic like Nikki had a wave and you're going to hear me reiterate these sentiments as far as drake project versus this one Nikki definitely had the better song to go along with j cole i know a lot of people are going to be like what first person shooter is fire but as far as the song structure and the the vibe and the overall longevity i feel like let me calm down is a better track but hey teach his own track number seven r&b featuring Lil wayne and tate cobain i just want to say whoever tate uh cobain is you may have to just stick to being a ghostwriter no hate because i think you took over this track but it could have been in a way that you gave your verse to Lil wayne this is going to sound so much like hate that i actually saying out loud is kind of crazy but take cobain right there's nothing wrong with being a tremendous ghostwriter the dream did it partisan did it quentin miller did it you can be a great ghostwriter, you know, turn in your reference tracks and let the bigger artists rap and sing over whatever you make. Because I feel like there's a bigger bag in ghostwriting than actually making music. And if you're not the type of person that doesn't need the spotlight, it's perfect, right? You get all the money in the world and don't have to have your face light out there. It's literally like the dream. So for your chorus to end up on this album, I think it's because it deserved it. But if you would have gave that same chorus to Lil Wayne, I think this track would have been better because going from you to Nicki to Lil Wayne, for you only to be there for the chorus, it's kind of interesting because I'm like, does he add some type of numbers appeal or is it just like, let me see. So 2.5 monthly listeners. Like at that point, like, come on, man. Like you, you got to just just uh, ghost write for somebody. Like obviously that's a lot, right? 2.5 is a lot. Uh, shout out to, you know, Notorious Mass Effect, almost reaching 3 million. But um, with that being said, let me just say something. Just become a ghostwriter. <laughs> nobody wants to, it sounds so crazy, but nobody wants to hear your your amazing chorus rap by you. If Lil Wayne's on the same exact track and Nicki, and Nicki Minaj is on the track, let Nicki and Lil Wayne have that moment and you just be a ghostwriter and just get the royalties from that track. And you may have to get in touch with uh, Party Next Door or something so he could, he could teach you the way. Because, hey, there's a reason why we don't get a lot of Party Next Door music. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So, anyways, uh, Pink Friday, track number eight, Straight Fire. I like the vibe she was going for. A lot of sentimental tracks and emotional tracks really getting her stuff off her chest. And Pink Birthday was one of those that really led to that... Uh, really was the vessel for that track number nine needle i mean the boy is on it so come on now when you have the goat on your track is automatically gonna be fire but in all seriousness drake coming with this type of tempo was definitely unexpected i mean i'm not gonna say that seeing nikki and drake they're gonna have like a lemon pepper freestyle but i was expecting you know some type of lyrical exercise in battle but of course they went the pop con whatever i forget what that's called the um i think it's like pop caribbean i don't know anyways it's some type of mickey uh mikinos type of flow that drake is on and uh singing of course is, is very much pop it's a pop track and like a i'm gonna keep saying nikki has a lot of timeless music on this album which is why this is which is why the title of this episode is greatest album of all time because i think it's one of those where later down the line we're gonna look back and be like dang like nikki gave us a lot of amazing iconic tracks on one body of work so needle is just one of those which is a timeless track with uh drake in a different bag but his most successful bag is one dance um there's another one there's other ones uh the one with tim's i'll have to bring up his i'm a, I'm a drake stan i still can't think of it it's <laughs> it's it's uh gifts and curse of, of taking in a lot of information but anyways drake's singing type tracks definitely perform way better than his rapping tracks like in my feelings uh hotline bling like singing is definitely the bag when it comes to success with drake and um he's he's in his bag but with needle so track number 10 now this is where i draw the line I'm not gonna lie to you as a male as a straight male nothing wrong with being a you know 
um, whatever you identify as. It's nothing wrong. Teach his own different strokes for different folks, literally. So uh, with that being said, cowgirl is just not something I could get behind. Pause. So, well, is that pause? I don't know. Y'all get, hey, y'all figure it out. So it's cowgirl, the way that the track is structured as a guy, it's just hard for me to, you know what I mean? It's like a Powerpuff Girls, like some Shake It Up, you know, like some Disney Channel, Nickelodeon type vibe, but for girls. Like, it's like some, what's the Unicorns show? I forget the Unicorn show. But anyways, it's like that type of vibe, you know, rainbow colors. I can just see girls. Like, it's just, it's like a Barbie type track. Like, literally, it's for Barbie. Oh, nah, it's a little more R-rated for Barbie. Uh, let's just say Cowgirl is for the girls. And you have to listen to a girl give her a review of that track. I'm just going to say sonically, it was great. But as far as the lyrical content, it's hard to get behind. And, you know, sing along as a guy. That's all I'm going to say. So let's keep going. So track number 11, Everybody featuring Little Uzi Vert. This is the one everybody's talking about. Do I really have to spend too much time on it? I mean, everybody has everybody in a frenzy shaking their hips to this track. So... And, you know, you have Lil Uzi Vert on it. So it also adds to the fact that, you know, everybody's doing the uh, shaking your hips to it or whatever they call that. So I sound old when I say that. What What is that dance called? I, I totally forgot. Yeah, I forgot what that's called. Dang, I must be getting old. That's crazy. Uh, tra track number 12, Big Difference. This one, straight. All of these tracks are fire. I don't even have to say that, right? But Big Difference is, uh, you know, pun intended lets me know is a big difference between Pink Friday 2 and the rest of these albums that came out in 2023. Let me just say that. So that should leave you with all you need to know. Track number 13, Red Ruby the Sleaze. Already recorded, uh, I mean, already uh, reviewed that. Track number 14, Ford from Trini. Oh, this is the uh, Trinidadian type track. Trinidad type track. I think I said it right. Trini, Trinidadian. What <laughs> type of... <laughs> Yo, what type of place did I just say? I think it's Trinidad type track. Hopefully I'm right. But anyways, um, that track was fire. Sking and uh Skillabing really added a unique sonic uh, approach to the album, which switched things up, which made me realize that even more classic body of work and the fact that she gave us so many different offerings, but they're all fire in its own right. So with that being said, let's keep going. Track number 15, Pink Friday Girls. Um, I actually don't remember too much about that track. I don't, I don't know the difference between Pink Friday and Pink Friday Girls. I'm not, or Pink Birthday and Pink Friday Girls. I don't know the difference. I'm not trying to be funny. I just forgot what's the what the difference is. Anyways, track number 16, Super Freaky Girl. I mean, I ain't even, I, I just rewind the segment and listen to what I said about Nikki. Super Freaky Girl started all of that. All of the success. For Pink Friday 2, that track right there, Super Freaky Girl, is a reason for all of it. And I, I don't got no facts to back that up. Just numbers. Well, I guess that is facts. Anyways, I do have facts to back it up. <laughs> Just rewind my segment. Listen to the numbers I read off about Nicki Minaj's achievements. Super Freaky Girl started her whole 2023 run. Without Super Freaky Girl, I don't know if we get what we got from Nicki Minaj as far as this body of work. And collaborations with the likes of uh, Barbie movies and, and things of that nature. Track number 17, Bomb Bomb. Now, that's the one that I think she already kind of teased. I don't think she ever put officially put this out as a single. But I think she teased it to her um, fan base. She was basically like Bomb Bomb or Nicki Hendrix. If you look it up, Bomb Bomb Analytic Dreams, which is like B-A-H-M, not B-A-M. Um, if you look up Bomb Bomb Analytic Dreams, I think I specifically talked about that track as she was talking about bomb bomb and Nicki hendrix as far as being the next single i don't think she ended up putting out either it was just to drum up some um publicity and that's another thing her major labels her major label which is republic records under uh, subdivision under universal music group i felt like they could have did more as far as billboards and things of that nature but they really relied on the success of super freaky girl and Nicki to uh culminate her barbs to support the album which they ended up doing but at that point like why not just go independent like i know that suit that major labels also do other things when it comes to numbers and things of that nature but still it's like dang it felt like nikki was doing everything herself but i guess it's supposed to look like that so 
anyways uh let's keep going track number 18 my life now i keep going back and forth if i had to be honest track number 22 just the memories and track number 18 my life which is the one we're currently on is battling for my favorite track off of the album i don't know why I just feel like my life is the best of both worlds when it comes to rapping and singing, but just the memories, the way it ends off, I think the way you start your album and the way you end your album really gives more credence into if it's a classic body of work or not. And for just the memories, I know I'm skipping ahead, but I think I'm going to go with that one. Just the memories, I like the way that Nikki kind of unloaded on us and, and gave us some insight into a life. So anyways, track number 18, My Life is a close second, I guess, you know. Take what you can get, I guess. <laughs> Track number 19, Nicki Hendrix featuring Future. Um, just another reminder that J. Cole fans will always be delusional. Now, I know what you're saying. That came out of left field, ain't it? That did, you know? Hey, J. Cole catching slander whenever I'm on this mic. Pause. So, anyways, um, Future. When people talk about the big three, they always say Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole. But... When people recognize the impact, they always bring up Future's name. So why not put Future's name in the top three? I mean, we're not talking about specifically rapping, right? Because then we got to go to like the Killer Mikes of the world or the Royce the Five Nines of the world, right? We're not talking about just rap. We're talking about song making and success on the charts, right? So if we're talking about success on the charts, Future is definitely top three. It's Drake. Of course, Drake by far, like Drake, Drake, Drake. And then, you know, a little gap. And then number two, Kendrick. Number three, I would say Future. I mean, maybe Tyler, the creator, but he doesn't put out as much as Future. And as far as what people think NBA Youngboy is, Future has been that for a decade plus. So Future is top three in my opinion. I think it's Drake, a couple spots down, Kendrick, and then Future. And then, like, Nicki. Literally, Nicki. So... And then probably Tyler the Creator. Like I don't think, I don't think Jermaine is nowhere near the top three. And I know that's a crazy stray talking about Nicki Hendrix. But hey, both of these artists on this track showcases on this track why they deserve to be ahead of Jermaine. But all Jermaine fans always is delusional about him being oh he's top three, top three. I'm sliding in third like stolen bases. Like no, you just. It's just the most overrated hip-hop artist of all time. But, you know, that's besides the point. That's a crazy stray, right? Anyways, back back to the Pink Friday 2 review. Nicki Hendrix. Nicki, future, greatest of all time. Well, not of all time, but one of the greatest of all time when it comes to making music. And them on this track just really combines in a way that it really... And, and all jokes aside, it really culminates to Nicki Hendrix. Like, the, the sonic, sonically, they combined effortlessly and, and perfectly. All right. Track number 20. Man, somebody get Kanye on the phone. I know he saw this. Kanye saw this, and he threw a fit. He made he let all the expletives fly. Talk about being a Christian family man, but going on a rant, dropping all type of F-bombs and uh, GDs, and I'm going to kill this per. Nah, he didn't say that. But um, what did he say? He didn't say that. He said they was trying to kill him. Yeah. Can't can't be misquoting people out here. Um, <laughs> so anyways, but he did say GD stuff and all that other stuff, you know, Christian. But anyway, <laughs> um, reason why I bring that up is because blessings, like I read off at the beginning of the segment, you know, re rewind to get into my uh, analytics portion of it. But getting into the numbers, Nikki had a number one as far as the gospel chart with this record. Why? Because it's a gospel track featuring Tasha Cobbs Leonard, which she, I guess, is the most dominant in that gospel arena. And um basically, Blessings is just one of the more successful gospel tracks of 2023. So when it comes to gospel music, who would have thunk that Nikki would have gave us more quality compared to Kanye and the way we regard him as a genius? Which leads me into my next point. This is probably why Kanye went out of his way to try to ride the Nicki bandwagon of. No, ride the Nicki wave of her album sales of Pink Friday 2 album sales, right? And ask her to approve the release of her verse off a of new body, which been out, right? That track has been out three plus years. It's been out. It's supposed to be on Donda, I believe. But, you know. Kanye didn't want anybody cussing, and now he's dropping F-bombs every two seconds. You know, I guess people change, right? So Nikki changed her mind, and she said, hey, 
we're not going to release that. So guess what? Nikki says on live, I would pull it up, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> Nikki literally just said that was so long ago, child, like she, you know, talking how Nikki talks and, you know, just move on, stuff like that. So move on. Mr. West, <laughs> what? Like he moves on from all type. Of, let me chill. So, anyways, um, last time I was that what we said? Yeah, track number twenty-one. Last time I saw you, I think that been out. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that track been out. I don't know if I'm mistaken. I don't think I have the singles pulled up. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was one of the singles or not. Anyways, I think it was. Uh, last time that I saw you, straight fire. I mean, amazing R&B, melodic vocals on display. Nikki, when she gets into her R&B fat. Oh, also, that's another thing. I'm glad I didn't forget this. Nikki, the reason why I have her as one of my top five, uh, is it top 10? Yeah, top 10 rappers of all time. It's simply because her vocal inflection is is uh better than everybody else's like bar none like she is the bar when it comes to vocal inflection the only people i think can even compete when it comes to vocal inflection and being able to ex to completely change your voice and it still sound amazing on a track is one of course kendrick and number two little wayne i should say little wayne first but i want you to know kendrick and nikki heavily inspired by little wayne with the use of vocal inflection in their tracks I just want y'all to know that. Y'all listen to Nicki. Y'all listen to Lil Wayne. Uh, y'all listen to Kendrick. They give it up and how Lil Wayne inspired them to use the vocal inflection like they do. So they are the best ones to get in that vocal inflection range when it comes to putting out content and uh, music. So last time that I saw you, basically the, the reason why that reminded me to say that point is because Nicki vocal inflection into becoming a straight singer in this track is straight fire like you know when nikki gets into deep not deep voice but you know a deeper voice like uh like beep beep right the way she starts okay listen to the way that she starts off beep beep track number four and then listen to the way she starts off track number 21 last time that i saw you the vocal inflection is on is unbelievable way better than all the artists ever like <laughs> like nikki Kendrick and Lil Wayne is probably the only rappers who have that level of vocal inflection. Anyways, track number 22, Just the Memories. Now, like I said, favorite track off of the album. And there's a reason for that. As if you go to the lyrics right here, she gets into a lot of things, right? When every label turned me down and they laughed about it, I remember going home and writing 50 more raps just because I knew you really wanted me to fall back. Like, that's one of those where it's like everybody can relate, but she's also giving you a glimpse into her life. Uh, she gets into like, she said, I remember one of my first crushes in the fifth grade. He got killed, stabbed in the neck with a switchblade. Goodness. I remember this girl in the hood thought she caught me slipping. I got arrested and I assaulted with a deadly weapon now it's not hip-hop without the trinity of topics right you know guns drugs and women am i right so nikki had to put that in there but as always she put a lot of introspective personal reflections into this track that made it my favorite because if you don't know if you couldn't tell by now i like when artists put their emotions into the music so because i feel like Every project should be you revealing something of yourself to your audience because of their support. I don't know if that makes sense. So anyways, Nicki Minaj put out this track, right? At the end of her album for a reason. She ended off her verse saying, Drake don't owe me anything, never did. Lil Wayne always remembered that I never slid. I never got that one. Let me click that. What does that mean? That she never slid. I do remember watching, I think, a Nicki doc documentary or a Lil Wayne. And basically, of course, because Lil Wayne is one of the most impact, it's probably the most impactful artist of all time. People say it's Tupac, but come on, it's, it's definitely Lil Wayne. So anyways, um, Lil Wayne founded Nicki early, right? Supporting her, taking her on tour, all of that stuff. Uh, and then she got into a situation to where she could sign somewhere, right? 
she went to Lil Wayne, told him about it, you know, not wanting to switch up on him, letting him know, like, hey, this place trying to sign me. We're, like, what are we doing? And Lil Wayne was like, oh, I thought we'd been, like, and then they got it actually, like, finalized, right? Uh, you have to watch the Nikki documentary to, to get it, like, a more simplistic version. But <laughs> um, that's basically all that happened. Like, Nikki was with Wayne, you know, really, you know, repping um for wayne and so when somebody approached him to sign obviously you know nikki wants to be with wayne but they wasn't finalized yet so she let wayne know and then wayne was like oh okay well i, I thought we was already but we could get you know and then they got the contract and got it also got it finally handled and then young money you know look we are 10 plus years later right little history lesson for you so anyways that's probably what she means by uh pray that wayne always remember that i never slid because she could have easily because it wasn't signed. It literally was just a co-sign from Lil Wayne. It wasn't like, oh, she signed to him. It was just like Lil Wayne was co-signing her, but without any paper contract involved. So she could have went, she could have pulled a Megan this. Let me chill. <sighs> let me chill. You know, let's just, let's just say some people have some loyalty to the people that blew them up. Let's just leave it at that, right? Um, And yeah, I think that's great to leave it at. Uh, That, that track was great. Uh, Fantastic. Nicki Minaj greatest artist one of the greatest artists of all time one of the greatest rappers of all time in my top 10 um every time i cover one of these type of artists i always talk about my top 10 because i just want to give them the respect they deserve and let them know that if they ever hear this that they are not competing with anybody in today's age let me let them know that they competing with the all-time greats it's almost like the lebron effect you are not competing with anybody you are playing against it's all-time legacy and numbers you you basically competing with ghost at this point so to give you my top 10 list let me see if i can find it because you know i keep lists you know what i mean i'm dedicated you know if i'm not dead then i'm dedicated you know what i'm saying my fault my fault you can throw your tomatoes anyways my list you know for for the the zero people that ask <laughs> let me give you my top 10 list right so i have jay-z number one of course gotta have hove at there uh kendrick lamar Number two, of course. Notorious B.I.G. Number three. Tupac. Number four. And five, I have number Drake. Well, number Drake. I can't talk. Number five, I have Drake. Now, I've been thinking about it. I may switch Tupac and Drake. I know that's blasphemy, right? But as far as rapping, I just listen to so much Drake. And Tupac has a limited discography. Granted, it's so impactful that it's like, dang, you have to have them up there. But then it's like, is it a gift and a curse on Pat? Let me chill. That's a that's a that's a different discussion. Cause is it that he passed away, which led to his music being so impactful, or if he was still alive to put out more bodies of work, would he still be regarded as one of the greatest rappers ever? Food for thought, man. Food for thought. Cause Jay Z obviously went on to be a heavily inspired musician by heavily inspired by the rapper notorious big so now jay-z been living for a little bit and his raps are similar in quality right it's not like he fell off who's to say that if you would have kept going you would have had a fall off type effect like some people would say Nas with uh some of his albums in the last year or two they're they not hidden like that right so i don't know but yeah, so I may switch Tupac and Drake. I, at this point, like, I just, like, Drake, I, I'm tired of the Drake slander. Like, he may have a couple, you know, people writing the chorus for him for his R&B tracks, but as far as hard-hitting lyrics, like, at this point, I'm convinced that he's rapping, like, the best of all time. Obviously, I have him as number five, so he wouldn't be jumping too high, but I'm thinking about switching Tupac and Drake. Anyways, number six, of course, Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? Can't have a list without Lil Wayne in it. Number seven, Nas, number eight, Eminem, gotta have the great white hope of hip-hop in my top ten. I mean, it's just, like, as a white man, to make it to this prestige level in hip-hop, might as well have been uh, in the field like Call of Duty himself with that type of uh, stripe, with them, with them type of stripes. So anyways, number nine, the one and only Onika Tanya Mirage. So, number 10, of course, to round it off is Andre 3000, as he is uh, currently putting out flute-only instrumentals. So, uh, yeah, if, if you, you know, fun fact, 
that man has a whole album full of flutes if you want to listen to it i don't know if anyways let me <laughs> so anyways um yeah that's that's my analytic dreams review of pink friday 2 hopefully you enjoyed it for my barbs out there just know that i am uh an honorary member because sometimes i get kicked out for my takes about being honest about Nicki minaj trying to you know let's just say i consider myself the media at this point with the notorious mass effect and some of the behavior hap the behavior habits of Nicki minaj towards certain media outlets is very alarming for me from a outside perspective never met her a day in my life but from an outsider perspective heard a lot of things about nikki's behavior towards media now i'm just going off of what i hear but also i'm going off of what i see i saw Nicki minaj with funny marco i saw Nicki minaj with kai Sinat, and she seemed normal now did she have the moments where you're like oh i could see what they're talked about yes i mean certain moments where you know she's a little aggressive but technically they say new york women talks like that so hey i mean at the end of the day maybe that's just nikki you know maybe we just sensitive <laughs> so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about my Nicki minaj pink friday 2 album review and hopefully you've noticed but i do not do album reviews so this was special because this is a special album i don't do album reviews no more and uh, I only did this one because uh, it's Onika, Tanya, Mirage. And she released one of the best albums of all time. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know what one of my social medias. What do you think about Pink Friday 2? And what is your biggest takeaway from Nicki Minaj's rollout? And also, last question, what is your favorite track off of the album?